podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Caroline Gonzalez, joined by John DeShazer. And on today's show, we have a special guest joining us from NFL Network, Steve Weish. Steve did a touching tribute to, on Teddy Bridgewater, not tribute, but uh, a great video on Teddy Bridgewater talking about the impact that he's had uh, overcoming a, a, a devastating knee injury and then obviously getting the start recently for the New Orleans Saints. Steve, how goes it? Caroline and John, it goes well. You know, thanks for treating me so well in your awesome city over the weekend. The past few days, got to eat some good seafood, some good red beans and rice, and see a darn good football game as well. See, the best thing about that is that you can eat great food and then you can leave, so you can separate yourself from the situation a little <laughs> bit, as opposed to just staying here and being surrounded by the delicious food and then just packing on the pounds. Look, Steve's been here enough to where he almost has to t- has to pay taxes now. So he's... I was about to say, John. John knows, you know, I, you know, if I, I can have an Airbnb and actually rent it out to folks. I'm in Louisiana so much. Yeah, I don't doubt it. <laughs> Steve, uh, we were talking about your your Teddy Bridgewater interview, which I'm sure hopefully everyone saw. If you haven't, be sure to go to NFL Network uh, and and look up that Teddy Bridgewater interview or follow Steve on Twitter at Weish89. But Steve, I was curious, was there anything that uh, you went into the interview with Teddy Bridgewater not knowing that you came out of it, kind of realizing and taking a step back and kind of uh, almost admiring about Teddy Bridgewater? Well, you know, I've been with Teddy on this journey for a while. I, I know Teddy, um, as you all are, are, have known him over the past year. He's got to be one of the most three or four likable people in the NFL. I mean, everybody's rooting for him, even before the injury, when he was young with the Vikings and he led them to the playoffs. Um, and, you know, some, some of the things that I, I didn't know, and these were newsworthy-type questions that actually got left, on the editing floor um, was after the interview, you know, I asked him um, flat out, have you thought about the day when Drew Brees comes back and you return to his backup? And he says, I can't think that far in advance. You know, he's like, right now I live my life day to day. Something I learned, you know, dealing with my mother and the breast cancer and then him battling back from his injury. But he did say he treats every snap as an audition. Now, whether it's an audition for the Saints or whether it's an audition for another team, he also understands the big picture of everything that's going on as well. So he's such a grounded young man and such a thoughtful young person. The thing he points out that a lot of us forget because he's been in the league for a while is he's only 26 years old. He's still got a lot of football left to play. So he really gets it, and that's no surprise just knowing the character of Teddy. Yeah, Steve, I actually – in fact, I – I went on your um, timeline, Twitter, and, and hit you up, or, or maybe it was the uh, NFL Network, but wherever the video was, I said, you know, it's some of the best work I've seen Steve do, and I've seen Steve do a lot of work. I remember him back when he was a uh, an ink-stained wretch at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we're going way back. but, but Way when, back. Yeah, when you, when you see Teddy, and, and, and obviously, as you mentioned, he's the guy you pull for, and then you see him play the way he played on Sunday – um, what kind of feeling does that give, I guess, you know, I guess projecting onto Teddy because he's a guy who deserves a lot of good things, but he, you know, numbers don't seem to concern him. And yet, you know, if you want to be a starter in the NFL, you got to put up some numbers at some point in, t- in time, right? Well, you know, there's some quarterbacks starting the NFL making a lot of money right now. Well, that's true. We're, we're, putting, <laughs> we're, putting, we're putting up some marginal numbers. You know, people forget. You know, it took him just two years to take the Vikings, who were down and out, to the playoffs, and it wasn't necessarily in spectacular for uh, you know 
spectacular ways, but it was in the confines of the offense. And that's what it did the first two games here. You, and, and, John, and John, you guys know this talking to people. That game plan against the Seahawks, it was a short passing game plan. You know, you talk to people there, they weren't trying to hit the deep ball. Now, would they have liked to hit something against the Cowboys? Yes. But they won the football game and there weren't mistakes. And I was taken aback when I got to New Orleans about all of the local uh, criticism that Bridgewater was getting for checking the football down and being safe. And I'm kind of like, you guys are so spoiled because Drew Brees this is so great because there are so many teams that would love to have a quarterback who didn't make mistakes right now, especially in this world of the passing NFL. So for him to come out and hit the intermediate passes and to hit passes on schedule and to really carve up uh, Tampa Bay and what I thought Sean Payton, and I've seen him call some fantastic ball games, he was in his wheelhouse, uh, especially in that second quarter, to really start the game. Uh, in the game the way that he did and lead him on that drive at the end of the first half and then that scoring drive at the start of the second half, which really put the game away. Um, I I thought that was professional quarterbacking at its finest, and I think it let everyone know that Teddy Bridgewater, he's he's on his way back. I'm not going to say it's 100%, so he does it, you know, week in and week out, but he's he's very capable of being a very, very capable starter in the NFL, maybe even better than what he was when he was with the Vikings. Yes, Steve, we too were somewhat um, stunned at the reception that he was getting early. Um, For a guy to to not have been on the field and not really have had an opportunity to have the offense catered to his strengths, and and folks were kind of kicking him around as if Teddy had no rank, as Alvin Kamara might say, in in the NFL, and, and now he's come out and and shown that, you know, given the right circumstances, he, he, he can play pretty well. Um, where the where would you put the Saints right now in the, in the NFC? Because I think, you know, I don't know if anyone would have had them win three straight games without Drew Brees, and especially uh, beating an undefeated Seattle and an undefeated Dallas at the time and really kind of shutting down a, a red-hot Tampa. Well, here, here's why I put them at the, as, as the top team. In the NFC, and a lot of the, the Packers look very good. Seattle looks incredibly dangerous. But with Drew down, Teddy in, you've seen everybody else ratchet their games up. Okay, that is a culture thing. Okay, look at what the defense has done. They got a defensive score against the Seahawks. You you hold the Cowboys to ten points, and then you shut out Mike Evans. All yeah. right, Mike Evans is one of the best players in the NFL. He he doesn't catch a pass. You disrupt their offense. You don't let them get into any type of flow. And, and James Winston was playing at a very high level. So defensively, you're killing at Marcus Davenport. Starting to find his NFL. We know how good that defensive line is. Rank is Cam Jordan. Um, Demario Davis may be the best player in the NFL. No one talks about. Um, but then everything else is is just working. And the elevation of everyone else's game, and actually the elevation of Sean Payton as a coach. I mean, he's a great coach, one of the top one or two coaches or three coaches in the NFL. Um, but just the way him and his staff have have catered to their strengths to help Teddy come along, um, they're, they're just so rock solid right now. They're, they're going to hit some tough times happen. But right now at the moment, I, I just think they are built to, to make another run for the NFC Championship. You know, crazy thing about the NFL, I mean, you've been around this game for a long time. I can remember three, four years ago, um, close friends of mine calling me and texting me if they didn't see me in person 
saying that the Saints need to move on from Sean Payton and Drew Brees. Um, <laughs> they need to make oh, yeah. a change. I mean, it, it, how crazy is the culture of the game when a guy like Sean Payton with his resume and people can be saying, uh, we can do better than that. And you keep telling them, where are you going to do better? Who, who would you get that's better? It, it happens so often. I mean, you, you see some really good coaches get fired. And you say to yourself, it's not like this guy forgot to coach. It's just that, you know, there could be certain circumstances that could, you know, that could affect the wins and losses. And, and look, Dan Quinn took the Falcons to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, and his team is radioactive right now. The Falcons are terrible right now. Is it the fact that he lost his ability to coach? Is it the fact that some guys on his coaching staff, like Kyle Shanahan, are gone and they were the real mastermind? You really don't know. You with Dave Gruden getting fired. Think about if Alex Smith did not break his leg. Yeah. Would Washington be in that circumstance? So it's all kinds of things that factor into play. But for people to say it's time for them to move on from Sean Payton or Drew Brees or whatever, have fun because, you know, look what's going on in Pittsburgh when they said they had to move on from certain things. Look what's going on with certain ball clubs when they've moved on. And it's, you know, the grass is definitely not always greener. It's kind of funny you say that uh, the Saints have been spoiled and local fans have been spoiled because I even found myself kind of entering the Superdome the past few times. I don't want to say nervous, but when you have Drew Brees at your, at your, as your quarterback, you kind of walk in with a sense of swagger. You know, you're like, okay, the offense is going to take care of things. You have confidence with Drew Brees at quarterback. And not that you don't with Teddy Bridgewater, but you kind of feel like a regular team, right? You don't have a Hall of Fame caliber uh, quarterback uh, at your midst. But do you think the there's a sense of confidence now going forward? As you said, it, it's caused Sean Payton to elevate his coaching game, and now Teddy Bridgewater's probably gained some confidence now that he's had a few games starting at quarterback under his belt. Um, not not necessarily disregarding this season, but looking forward for this Saints team, you have to feel confident with the ability to build a team and the the ability of Sean Payton to elevate his coaching game. Yeah, if you're talking about future years, they've kind of done that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not a lot of teams in the NFL other than maybe the Rams, um, the Chiefs, that have such a young core while they're winning ball games right now. Okay, Drew Brees, we know in the next year, two or three, he's going to be calling it quits. But you've got Alvin Kamara, Cam Jordan. You've got some young offensive linemen. You've got Michael Thomas. You've got Marshawn Lattimore. I mean, Vaughn, you've got so many young pieces in place. So what their personnel department has done is, while winning, really hit some home runs in the draft. If Marcus Davenport continues to build on what he did yesterday, there's another player you can add to this. So, you know, the big question, and it's a legitimate conversation piece, is at the end of the season, when Teddy's contract is up and when Drew's contract is up, what are you going to do? I mean, it would be very, very hard for me to think that the Saints would say, hey, Drew, it's time um, because of what he's done for that city and what he's done for that state and what he's done to, to, for the stature of that ball club because a lot of people forget uh, that the Saints were the Aints for a lot longer than they've been the Saints. Um, but what's going to happen in that quarterback position in future years? Because at some point, uh, the Patriots and Chargers and Steelers and the Packers are going to have to, you know, they're going to have to, they're going to have to find a young quarterback, and they're going to have to move on. Yeah, Steve, I, I um, yeah, I, I hear it. I'm going to ask you <laughs> off the cuff 
your surprise team for the season? Now, mine personally is Indy because I thought when Andrew Luck had to retire, uh, especially at the time he had to retire, even though uh, Brissett had gotten most of the reps in, in training camp, I just thought that team was going to be dead. And they go to KC and, and put it on the Chiefs uh, on Sunday night. Do you have a surprise yep. team one way or the other, I guess, uh, in the NFL so far this yeah. season? I'm going to take it in the other direction. Mine's the Falcons. Oh, yeah. They look rudderless. They look awful. I mean, they, you know, their owner, Arthur Blank, has paid a lot of people. Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, uh, Desmond Trufant, Matthews. Um, there's a lot. Julio, I mean, there's so many players who are among the top five players at their respective position, and they look terrible. And um, they, they're sure there's time for them to turn it around. And, yes, they've got the talent to turn it around. But it looks very problematic, and 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 this is a team that's got a young nucleus, but at the same time, what what are they? And, and for them to fall off as hard as they've fallen off since the Super Bowl, um, I thought they would be right there among the NFL's best by this point, and they look like they're going in the wrong direction. They they were terrible in that game against Houston yesterday. Well, that'll be our seat geek question, Steve. We appreciate you joining us. And again, uh, if you haven't seen that Teddy Bridgewater video, be sure to go to NFLnetwork.com and check that out or go to Steve's Twitter page, Weish89, and go look at that video. Steve, we appreciate you joining us on the show today, and uh, we're glad you're back in L.A. safe and sound. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right, Steve Weish, the, the team that he is most surprised by this season was the Atlanta Falcons. That was our SeatGeek question. SeatGeek, if you're trying to find tickets to football games or any other live event, it can be complicated. There's hundreds of sites and shady pricing, but with SeatGeek, you can do everything in one place. Search for and discover the best deals on seats, buy from any device, and sell and transfer tickets in just a couple taps. With their deal score technology, they rank the most valuable seats based on price, location, historical data, and more. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Best of all, our listeners will get $20 off their first purchase when they use the code SeatGeek. Or excuse me, when they use the SeatGeek app. Use code GOSAINTS at checkout. That's code GOSAINTS, all caps, no spaces, at checkout. SeatGeek, let's go. All right, that'll do it for today's New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. Thanks for thanks to Steve Weish for joining us and, of course, to my co-host, John DeShazer. We'll have more on the Saints versus Jaguars on Wednesday's show. We'll talk to someone from Jaguars.com to get you up to date on everything having to do with the Jaguars. Again, that'll do it for the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. Catch up with you on Wednesday. Thanks for listening.